You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Barrel on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 80. We are on and popping here. I'm Tim Loy, joined by my co-host tonight, Justin Watson and Mark Laws. Justin, did you make it through? Uh, did you make it through the hurricane, or was it was it uh, it was it not all all it was cracked up to be? She ended up uh, being pretty uneventful. We were we were kind of disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been hearing. It was uh, it was uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't near what it was supposed to be. But hey, that's a good thing, right? You know, nobody's hoping for for damage and, and demise. You know, so that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll count our blessings just, there. Mark, you survived. Uh, you survived a weekend at, at uh, Casa de Loy. I did barely. Uh, Casa de Loy is always very good to me. It's uh, it's a it's a, a very welcoming spot, and uh, we get some work done while we're down there. But uh, you know, we survived the hurricane too. And uh, you know, after seeing all the reporters fake that shit on the television, I'm beginning to think that. They're the ones creating these problems, and the insurance companies are paying them on the backside. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Power that's, seven ditches. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show. <laughs> we'll, 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 get, we'll But there's there. We could probably go in lots of different directions if they let us. <laughs> We've got a lot to a lot to cover today, guys. Uh, we've got a whole lot to cover. We're going to do a recap of the UFC Russia card and the complete debacle that was uh, Justin Watson and uh, and myself and my own uh, picks. Uh, we're going to uh, we're also going to talk about some crazy proposition odds that have come out for the Connor uh, versus Khabib press conference, which goes down. What? Well, we're recording Wednesday night, but it drops Thursday, so it comes out that that press conference is today. So make sure you check that out on UFC Fight Pass. I'm sure it will be full of shenanigans and uh, stuff for us to talk about next week. Uh, we've got a couple great interviews. We're going to talk to Christina Ricker, who's getting ready to make her pro debut this weekend up way far away in British Columbia in Canada. And we're also going to talk to the uh, the charismatic Nate the Train Landwehr. I'm excited for that one as well. The, uh, the M1 Global Featherweight Champion and uh, always a colorful character and I believe the first time on the Valor Hour. So I'm excited to have him on as well. We've also got uh, our Brazil picks uh, for the UFC this weekend. We're hopefully we can make up for uh, our damages done this past weekend in Russia. I think we will. I think this is. Uh, I think this card is uh, looks a little friendlier. Uh, and then of course uh, we've got some big announcements. I've got a big announcement. You're going to have to stay tuned a little bit later in the show to hear. We're also going to drop some of the uh, bouts for the uh, for the uh, Valor Fighting Challenge event coming up, uh, which will be <clears throat> November second in Knoxville. We're going to announce the main event, several other fights on that card this evening. But first, I guess let's uh, let's let's take care of the bad stuff and, and let's recap this UFC Russia card. It went down this past weekend. Uh, you had to get up in, uh, in on a Saturday morning at 1030 to take this thing in live, which I don't guess is asking much for some people. Uh, and some people it is. Uh, I, I personally was not able to catch it live, but I did watch it um, the replay afterwards. And it was 
painful to watch uh, with the picks that I made. And uh, we'll just kind of kind of start at the beginning. Uh, Marab Wallace Vili, uh, he he gets a unanimous decision uh, victory over Terry on Ware. He was a big favorite at closing at minus five fifty. Ware closing at plus three seventy five. Both Justin and I laid off of this one, but as expected, uh, you know Dwabish Vili was uh, you know he got the decision win. Uh, he got the takedowns when he wanted them, and honestly uh, did got the better of the striking all the times. Ware just seemed like he was tentative to really let go. I'm sure he was the back of his mind. He was worried about those takedowns. Uh, anything stand out to the, uh, to you on this one, Justin? Um, Rob Dillis really looked great. Uh, he won won two of the rounds on all three judges' scorecards at 10-8. So, pretty impressive. And he called out, didn't he call out Sugar uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley afterward? I think he wants right. uh, O'Malley. And, man, that's kind of a bad style matchup. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I'm an O'Malley fan. I like that kid. He's a, he's a fun one to watch. But he hasn't fought a a crushing wrestler like uh, Dwarves Feely yet. So that may be just a kind of styles make fights, not a, not a good matchup for him, but uh, definitely a marketable one. Uh, after that, we had uh, Ramazan Imeev. Imeev had a little uh, trouble with uh, Stefan Sekulic, uh, and he got a decision and was pretty dominant the whole way through. Big favorite, closed at minus 710. Neither of us uh, a bit on that one, a little too rich for us, but as expected, uh, he gets the win. Uh, Jordan Johnson uh, also uh, was uh, the uh, victim as the favorite at minus 270 gets a second round submission over Adam Yandief who you know he looked the part he looked like a mean bruising dude but he just didn't have the goods and Johnson looked pretty solid uh, both Justin and I losers on that when we both uh, put a unit on Yandiev uh, at plus uh, uh, 195 liking those odds but uh, didn't pay off uh, your thoughts Justin uh, yeah just didn't work out for us I guess um Jordan Johnson did good taking the fight on late notice and, you know, shifting over to Russia. Uh, Yandiev, uh, you know, I think he's still young in his uh, career. Um, the big stage may have, may have just scared him a little bit. I don't know. We'll see where he goes from here. Another big favorite. Magomed Ankaliyev, uh, minus 540. Uh, he he gets a, a first-round uh, TKO victory over Marcin Prakniau. Uh, he landed an awesome head kick and then uh, followed it up with, with great ground and pound, getting him out of there in the first round. Uh, neither Justin or I bit on that one. Uh, Maribek Tysimov uh, gets a decision win over Des Green, as we spoke about uh, last week. A lot of uh, personal issues going on with Des Green. And so I thought maybe he would be distracted but he fought pretty well you know a lot of people thought that uh that he did enough to to maybe to, to maybe get that one i think so uh but it was uh it was uh maribek tysomoff who got that win he closed at minus 550 uh again neither justin nor i uh, bit on uh on that one uh and uh, and then uh, of course our rustam hobbyloff that was another one that we thought was just going to be very one-sided against cajun johnson but it was actually very close uh cajun johnson fought really well you know the UFC keeps throwing him in there with these killers and and he fought he fought a good fight it was a split decision uh and that was a, a fight that people definitely thought that Cajun could could have had an argument to win uh Hobby Loft closed at minus 815 neither Justin or I bit Justin your thoughts on these last couple uh, we just spoke about oh uh, yeah Cajun Johnson really surprised me um I, I thought that Hobby Loft was going to run all over him uh he stood in there and, and stood his ground I think the judges may have gotten that one wrong um 
So hopefully, hopefully he won't get cut. I think he was he was on the edge, but I'd like to see him, you know, get one more fight at least. The uh, the big favorites were really pretty dominant. Peter Yan uh, showed off, you know, some awesome striking and a really entertaining fight. Uh, beats uh, Jin Su Son by decision. Uh, he was a huge favorite, closing at minus 1,200. Uh, neither of us bit on that, uh, but I, I expected him to get him out of there. And, and, and honestly, more than any, obviously, you know, Peter Yan is a real deal. He's going to be he's going to be a contender. But, uh, you know, Jin Su Son uh, was very much like. Like his uh, his mentor, the Korean Zombie, Justin. Yeah, he uh, he came in overweight, um, but it didn't it didn't really play much of a factor. I mean, Peter Yan pretty much did whatever he wanted with it. But but yeah, I mean, tough as nails. Uh, Son just just kept coming. And then uh, this next one was was a little uncomfortable to watch, and uh, not only not not because uh, not just because it was Justin and I both taking another loss. Uh, Khalid Murdazaliev uh, decimates CB Dalloway. Uh, I guess you would call it at the end of the second round. Um, it was in between rounds that Dalloway wasn't able to get up uh, to start the third round. So I guess. You would say that that was at the end of the second round, but uh, Murdas Aliyev closed at minus one sixty-five. Uh, Justin and I both took a shot at uh, at, uh, at CB Dalloway, and uh, well, I, actually, I'm sorry, only uh, only Justin did. I did not. Yeah. Just, uh, Justin took a shot at CB Dalloway. I really would. I did. I did. Like in real life, I bet on him and lost, <laughs> but. but uh, <laughs> But on, on our picks, I did not. Uh, but but that one was man, that was that was a weird fight. You know, uh, he he had CB mounted and was just beating the shit out of him for like two straight minutes, and CB was just curled up. He wasn't trying to defend. He wasn't trying to roll. He wasn't trying to get his guard back. It was just uh, just brutal brutal beating. And uh, and and Herb Dean never stepped in to stop the fight. At one point, never uh, shit. Yeah, that was really that was really crazy. Uh, the commentary guys they were screaming to stop the fight, and uh, man, tell you what, that was that was one that it isn't a good look for uh, for the UFC. In I would imagine in the eyes of like MMA detractors, uh, Mark, your thoughts? Man, it was crazy. I, there's 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 one or two fights every year that are kind of like that. That you know that it's usually not with Herb Dean. It's usually with someone, uh, far less, uh, like Tom Auto last year with, the with the female fight with the 200 strikes to six, you know, those kind of incidents happen. But you know, this was, this was kind of blatant, you know, it seems like a lot of people were screaming, stop man. And man, that's just nothing. He didn't say a word and just let him take that ass with me. Justin, um, you know, you officiate as a judge at a lot of events, uh, n- never refereed. It's a it's a tough job. But, uh, man, I, I, I've had a hard time seeing an argument for uh, for for letting this one go as long as it did. Uh, what, what did you think? That was extremely uncomfortable to watch. Uh, you know, like Mark said, I mean, her being, you know, he's one of the best. You don't you don't usually see him make a mistake like that. I, I don't know. I have no idea what what he was what he was doing. I mean, like you said, TV Dalloway was literally begging to get stopped. Um, <clears throat> Turtle was up, you know. He was he gave up completely, and uh, Herb Dean just wouldn't stop it. I don't know. 
Do you think it was a matter of like, you know, pride? CB just like refused to actually tap to the strikes, but it was very obvious from his body language. He was done. He was, he was, he wanted to be out of there. You know, he stood at one point, he stood up over him and was just firing down shots. And there was never even an attempt for from CB to like get to his knees. You know, he just didn't budge. Is it, was it a matter, you know, now you have been in there, you've been in the cage. Uh, is it, you think it was a matter of pride? He just didn't want to tap to strikes? Um, I mean, Cuby Dolly in that in that moment, you know, that's that's never going to be in a fighter's head. I don't think to to you know to tap. That's not going to be an instinct. Um, you're just going to take it until the referee stops you. It's the referee's job to to look after you and make sure that you stay safe in there. Um, I mean, Cuby could have he could have tapped, but you know, again, that's it's not in his nature. I mean, I guess I guess you could say it's pride, but I don't even know if it was really pride. It's just instinct. You know, is is just to, you don't quit. Up next, uh, it was Alexi Konchinko making a highly uh, anticipated debut, a uh, huge record there uh, in his uh, debut, and he gets a, a unanimous decision of Tiago Alves. Uh, the Konchinko uh, closed at minus 435. Justin and I both took a small flyer on Alves, was not able to get the win there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the payoff uh, was enticing, but uh, it just it, it just wasn't to be on this one. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in a very uh, not a thriller, uh, it was uh, Shamil Abdurakhimov over the uh, decision victory over Andre Arlovsky, who just never looked like he really showed up to fight. That was not good. Uh, I, you know, I was expecting him to just be quick and moving around, and you know, he just didn't fight like that at all. Uh, uh, Abdurakhimov closed at minus one twenty-five, and we both, uh, Justin and I, both lose uh, a unit on Andre Arlovsky, who maybe time to hang it up after a performance like that. Um, Bro, his nose was smashed, man. His nose was smashed before the fight even started. Yeah, I remember you I showing mean, me that. I don't know if that... I mean, that fucking crushed. Time. I mean, it, as bad as I've ever seen a nose broken, let's put it that way. Justin... <laughs> he would have never been cleared to fight. Justin, your thoughts on uh, on that one? That one was a pretty painful one to watch, too, but in a different way. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about Arlovsky. I thought that Tiago still or Tiago Alves might have gotten robbed. Though. I don't know. I think that was a lot closer fight than uh, than than the odds made it out to be. Um, it's going to be hard to go over there and win a decision if you don't really. Yeah. Win yeah, that's. I went on Yandy on on that notion. I thought that that fight was going to go to a decision, and I thought that uh, you know there was no way Russian was going to lose a decision. But um, but yeah, I mean, one judge scored at thirty twenty seven. Um, all three rounds for Alexia. Um, I don't think that that, uh, that that would fly. All right, and then in the co-main event, we saw Jan Blockowitz, and he really put it on Nikita Krylov, uh, and, and got a submission in the second round. I think it was a Darce choke, and and then he called out some people. You know, he's wanting to fight DC. He's wanting to fight some some big names. Uh, that fight closed out with Blockowitz being actually the underdog at plus one twenty, and Krylov closed at minus one fifty. And uh, in that fight, uh, Justin Watson, another loser. Uh, it's, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Nikita Krylov there, unfortunately, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 drops another one. And then, uh, of course, in the main event, uh, it was uh, the what we expected. You know, it was Alexi Olenek and Mark Hunt, striker versus grappler. Mark Hunt was landing some good leg kicks and, and was doing pretty good until he went to the ground, and then it was really dominant. 
uh, performance by the Russian there who uh, got it done and uh, submitted him uh, and he closed out pretty much a pick at, uh, at minus 105. Uh, Justin Watson also takes Mark Hunt in that one and uh, and, and drops that one. And, and again, we kind of knew wherever it ended up going, that was where uh, the advantage was going to be striking, obviously, to Hunt, grappling to uh, Olenek. Uh, your thoughts, Justin? Um, I was real upset with uh, Nikita Krylov. I thought he was going to do a lot better coming back after um, spending a little time away on the regional circuit. Um, the Mark Hunt and Olenek fight, man, Olenek is just a uh, he's just a beast. He's just so strong. It seems like he just wraps his arms around your neck somehow, and he's going to get it. The choke wasn't even in properly or, or anything. He just I think he just you know just kind of crushed the. Yeah, no, he just he just crushed. Yeah, well, this is a rear naked, but I mean, it's still the same thing. I mean, he just he just crushed his his, his esophagus with it. So, um, but yeah, it, it's tough for Mark Hunt. You know, he he's making a ton of money. I think you'll still see him a time or two. Uh, but you know, crazy. Mark Hunt's thirteen and thirteen. It's crazy to see somebody you know in the UFC that's got a five hundred record and and making five hundred thousand dollars to show. But Mark, Mark Hunt's doing it. <laughs> I was going to say, Mark, do you think do you think that uh, that that'll be it for Hunter? Or you think we'll see him again? And same question for Arlovsky. Man, I don't want to see Arlovsky again. Um, I think Mark Hunt can still sleep, dudes. Man, he's still got the he's still got power in his hand. It's just you know, Olenek was just a he's a different kind of animal. He knew that going in there. You know, I mean, that goes that's how he finishes fights. He just wraps some big ass arms around your neck and just crushes you down like uh, like a boa constrictor. So, I mean, he knew what he was getting into. At least this guy didn't talk, pop, pop positive for steroids like everybody else more kind of saw it. You know? <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> so that. Yet. So when so when when the dust settled on our picks, uh, I had two half unit losers on Yandiev and Alves and a full unit loser on Arlovsky. Minus two units on uh, on the evening, Justin with a half unit loss also on uh, Alves and then uh, single unit losses on Yandiev, CB Dalloway, Arlovsky, Krylov, and Hunt drops minus five and a half units on the, on the <laughs> Luckily, he had a small cushion coming into the week. He was up 1.8. We will try to get it back tonight on these uh, Brazil picks, man. These have uh, been uh, <laughs> tough action on this on this last card, and they're really the underdogs just didn't come through. Uh, the only the only underdogs that got it done were the just very smallish ones that were pretty much still pickums. So it was hard to get any value on this card, and it's hard to bet uh, guys that are minus 800. But would you agree, Justin? Yeah. Hopefully, I can redeem myself this week. That was a rough one to me. Um, a couple of decisions I thought, you know, might not have been the greatest, but all around, I mean, you know, just got beat. So that was seg us into uh, our next segment here. And this was kind of a fun one. This just came up today. Uh, but there uh, is a press conference going down uh, for the big UFC 229 uh, super fight, Conor McGregor, Khabib, uh, Nurmagomedov. And that is going to go down at 5 o'clock today. Uh, and it's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. And I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of chicanery. Uh, and there are some proposition bets that you can make uh, as to – just the, the the fuckery that will go down at, at this uh, press conference. Uh, 
some of my favorites here. Uh, well, there's some there's some pretty basic ones like Will Connor and Khabib have to be separated. Yes, they will is minus nine hundred. So that's almost a foregone conclu- conclusion, right? But some things that are not necessarily foregone conclusions. Will either Connor or Khabib throw something? Yes, is plus one twenty five. No, is minus one sixty five. Uh, you can bet if Connor will wear sunglasses. If you think he will, it's minus eight hundred. No, is plus four hundred. Uh, you can you can bet if Connor will say proper twelve, which is his newest brand of whiskey. We need to see if they want to sponsor this Valor Hour gig. You know, uh, you the the the. the, the the proposition that he will indeed say proper 12 is minus 5,000. You can pretty much bet the bank that Connor will be plugging his whiskey, but it's only plus one. You get one and a half plus 150 if you bet that he will take a drink of said proper 12 whiskey during this uh, during this press conference. Uh, then then a, a pretty fun one here. The total curse words said by Connor McGregor. Over or under 10? Mark, what would you say? Over or under 10 curse words by McGregor? Uh, I'll bet the farm on that over, sir. Over 10? Justin? Yeah, absolutely over. Over 10. That's really crazy to think about, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Another another fun one. Uh, Will Connor grab or steal Khabib's UFC title belt? Yes, (laughs) plus 280, no minus 400. And that's a very, you know, that's one that that could possibly uh, that could possibly happen. (laughs) You know, that's uh, I may I may advise take a little gamble on that one. Uh, And then of course uh, the the final. It's not the only one on here. The last one we'll we'll kind of joke about here. Will someone be arrested at the Broadway 45th and 46th Street viewing party? Yes, plus 300. No, minus 500. I've got to say, probably somebody's going to jack some something up and get arrested out there. You know, there's too many. There's too. There's too many uh, hard feelings. I think between these fan bases and these guys, somebody's going to pop off. I got to imagine. And speaking of that big UFC 229 car, that fight is sold out. If I'm not mistaken, right, Justin? Oh uh, yeah, blue so. Well, I got good news. I got good news because I know where you can get tickets still, and that's Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats has got tickets to anything and everything you can imagine, all the major sporting events, the NFL, the NCAA, NBA, all the concerts, and especially the UFC fights. And, of course, this is a big one, and it's been sold out for for weeks, maybe even months. But Vivid Seats has got your hookup. It is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And it's very easy to do. It's very easy to navigate. You go to your website. I was just checking it out today. You can you can sort everything by price or you can look for the seats in the section that you want or the row that you want exactly. And they've got all levels of seats. You want front row seats to Connor versus Khabib? They got front row seats for Connor versus Khabib. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers. You're going to get 10% off of your first purchase with Vivid Seats. Save you a little bit of money. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play, download that Vivid Seats app, and use promo code INFLUENCE. You're going to get 10% off of your first purchase with Vivid Seats. And you can trust these guys as well. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So from the biggest concerts and games to the top fights, Vivid Seats has got it all. Download the app, enter promo code INFLUENCE. You're going to get 10% off of your first purchase with Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. All right, now it is time to dive into our UFC Fight Night 137 picks. It's going down in Sao Paulo, Brazil, this Saturday night. And you can catch it on uh, Fox Sports 1, I believe. Fox Sports 1 for the main card, Fox Sports 2 for the 
televised prelims, and then of course Fight Pass will have uh, uh, four or five fights before they go on to television. Uh, coming into these picks now, after our debacle last week, I uh, of our possible starting ten units uh, have. Uh, I'm down to uh, into the red a little bit now, if you will, as I only have 8.96 units after losing two units uh, last week. Justin Watson in much worse shape uh, in six with 6.3 units. Uh, don't don't uh, don't get too down on us yet, folks. We're going to come back. I feel like this week we've got a lot more uh, known fighters. Uh, we really had to kind of. Uh, dig last week, and again, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't feel like throwing out, you know, minus eight hundred plays is really giving any kind of advice. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to find some value where, where I can, and I'm sure Justin's doing the same. And uh, of course, this this uh, card starts at six thirty p.m. Saturday. It's going to be on uh, Fight Pass. And uh, we've got five fights I see actually uh, on the Fight Pass prelims. We open with strawweight females. Olivia Hinato Souza uh, opens at minus five thirty uh, as she is taking on Alex Chambers, who uh, who opened at plus three fifty. Uh, Souza, of course, is making her UFC debut, and she's a former champion in Invicta, and she's uh, she's really good. She's like got really good jujitsu and uh, improved striking as well. Chambers Chambers is kind of, uh, you know, she's one that is, you know, she's tough, but I don't think uh, that she's, uh, you know, she's not here uh, more than anything than to give a good look in a debut for Souza. Now the the odds makers have uh, <clears throat> increased Souza. The public came in uh, on that minus 530 and have uh, uh, more than doubled her up. She is now minus 1300 with Alex Chambers returning at plus 850. But I really, uh, it's just too expensive for me to touch it. Once the round betting comes out, I would potentially play something on like under one and a half or under two and a half rounds because I do think Souza will most likely submit her quickly. Uh, but I can't play it at minus 1300. Justin. Yeah, I think the odds makers probably have this one pinned down pretty well. Chambers is one and three in the UFC. Her one win was, I mean, she was getting handily beaten and uh, just caught an armbar, you know, from her guard in the third round. Um, so the, you know, a, a legit high-level black belt. Um, two of her last three wins have come from stoppage on her feet, though. Like you said, she's she's been proven on her stand-up too. Uh, so this will probably be pretty pretty quick fight. I would. Would you, would you make would, a play on it? No, I wouldn't make a play on it, but uh, just because I can't afford it. <laughs> Moving on to our second bout. This one is a last minute replacement. Uh, it's uh, Elizu Zaleski, a uh, Brazilian, very exciting striker, 19 and 5. Originally supposed to face Blau Muhammad, and I was pretty excited for that one. That was going to be a really good fight. Now, though, uh, Muhammad withdraws, and on like six days' notice, seven days' notice, it will now be Luigi Vendramini, who is undefeated, 7 and 0, uh, but it looks like he has fought as low as 145. And in the past this fight at 170 short notice against a i mean this is zaleski guy he's a he's a hitter like he he goes out there and has exciting fights and i i would imagine that uh vendramini is going to try to get him down i think that this is a huge step up for him way too fast and uh the odds makers opened zaleski at minus 475 with uh, luigi vendramini coming back at plus 325 uh since then the uh the public has gotten behind uh, the favorite and 
and now Zaleski is minus 800 to Lizzie Vandramini coming back at plus 550 uh, I would predict again if there were totals I would I would lean towards an under potentially a stoppage uh, here but I can't give up the minus 800 Justin uh, yeah, Luigi got some balls, doesn't he? Yeah, that's a tough one to jump in there with for your debut. This, that guy's, I mean, yeah. it, should be, it should be violent. Yeah, Zaleski 5-1 and one in the UFC on a five-fight win streak right now. Um, gotten three bonuses in his last five fights. His last win was a, a wheel kick over Sean Strickland. You know, Sean Strickland has been around, so um, I don't think that, that Luigi's ever faced anybody, you know, close to the level that uh that Celeste has, so this one might end quick. Would you make a play at that at these steep prices? No, I can't I can't touch anything that's that high. All right. And in that case we'll both pass and move on to our next battle. This one is this was a weird one. Uh this is a really weird one yeah. here. Uh we've got uh we have got a, uh, a middleweight bout, and it's Talis Latis, who's been around forever. He's 27 and 9, uh, and he is going to be taking on Hector Lombard. Hector Lombard has fallen down to the third fight of the night on the five pass prelims. He is 34 and 9 and 1. I'm a former. You know, a world ranked guy. You know, this is a guy that has been at the at the peak of the sport. Great wrestling credentials, but he's really just slowed down so much. Uh, I, I believe I read that he's one in four in his last five. The odds makers open this as Talis Latis is a favorite minus one sixty five. Hector Lombard coming back at plus one twenty five. Uh, now it has uh, is tightened up. In fact, it's flipped completely the other way as Hector Lombard is now the favorite minus one thirty. Talis Latis coming back at plus one ten. So a lot of uh, action coming in on Hector Lombard and um, <laughs> I it's really hard to bet on Lombard but I feel like this still stylistically could be a good match for him uh, because I, I think that that lettuce is, is going to want to get it to the ground most likely and, and go for submissions and, and Lombard's wrestling is still going to be good he's still going to be strong um, I don't know that it's really tough. I, I I really can't bring myself to pull the trigger on Lombard, even though that was, that's my initial lean. So I'm going to pass, Justin. This one, this one's crazy. I mean, both these guys probably sh- are, are lucky they have a job anymore. <laughs> um, you know, we were there for for uh, latest's last win when he knocked out Sam Alvey, and he looks great that night. Um, but you know, dropped his last two since then. Um, Lombard, I mean, God, Lombard hadn't won in four years. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, everybody was pretty high on him when he came in, but he just, just totally is disappointed. Um, I think I am going to make a play on this one and uh, go with latest for one unit. I think that um, his, his, the way that he actually will win this fight, I believe, is on the seat. I think that um, I think he, he might have the power advantage over Hector Lombard and. Uh, and like you said, I think that uh, the grappling will kind of be uh, neutralized between the two. And um, if, he, if he doesn't gas out, I think uh, Styles' latest wins. 
So Justin Watson makes a one-unit play, getting plus 110, got that uh, that that underdog money on this one. And I, I can't argue that. You know, honestly, the odds makers opened him up as minus 165. You're getting him at plus 110, so that's certainly good value, I think, for the type of fight it is. So uh, Justin Watson goes with Talis Lettis. And then, of course, our next fight is more female action. It is flyweight, 125 pounds, as uh, the Brazilian uh, Myra Bueno Silva uh, makes uh, what I believe to be be her UFC debut. She may have been uh, on the on the UFC contender. I'm sorry, the the Dana White contender series in Brazil. Maybe I may be completely wrong about that, uh, but I've not seen her before. And she is uh, she is undefeated, I think, though. And she's fighting uh, Julian Robertson, who we saw on Tough, and uh, she didn't do very well in the actual Tough competition, but she's done good in UFC proper. And uh, she kind of spoiled the part on Molly McCann, who was you know the, the going to be a someone that they're really going to get behind as a, as a European English or she Irish, uh, one of the two, <laughs> she, uh, uh, as a star and she really just kind of owned her on the ground. So, uh, you know, I've, uh, she, I've been pretty impressed with Julian Robertson. Really. Uh, she's, she's fought well. Um, uh, Mayra Bueno opens at minus 145 with Julian Robertson coming back at plus 105. Since now, since then, uh, Julian Robertson is now the favorite and, uh, at minus 145 and Mayra Bueno Silva coming back at plus 125. So again, the public has flipped the line here and made uh, Julian Robertson the favorite. I can't help but think that they are still using her as the B side in the, you know, they, they sent her over there to, to fight Molly McCann. She got the upset. Now they're sending her down here to Brazil to fight the upstart for Brazil. So I am going to make a play here and I'm going to go one unit on uh, Mayra Buenos, Bueno Silva at plus 125. Justin. Oh uh, yeah, the Buena Silva. She was she was on the contender series in Brazil. I didn't didn't see that either. I just noticed it earlier. Um, I think she's going to have a size advantage over Robertson. Um, Robertson wasn't too impressive, you know, before she got into the UFC. She lost her first first fight on Tough, um, but still got in. I guess you know it's kind of a shallow division uh, still. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good play. I'm going to do that one as well. All right, may we're bringing the Silva also for Justin at uh, 125. And uh, that takes us to our final um, pick of the uh, fight pass prelims. And this is another interesting one, kind of a hard one to call. Uh, Sergio Mariah taking on Ben Saunders, and that will be a, uh, a welterweight fight. And this is one, uh, you know, where uh, it is opened up again. The the odds makers installed Sergio Mariah at minus 185 uh, to open. Ben Saunders coming back at plus 145. Now they have bet him all the way up to minus 300. Sergio Mariah is now minus 300. Ben Saunders coming back at plus 250. And man, you know, at the earlier closer odds, I, I still kind of maybe favor Mariah, maybe, but at the same time, like stylistically, this guy is definitely very much a, a grappler. He's got great jujitsu. You know, he's you know, awesome on the ground, but uh, you know, Saunders has never been submitted. I, I was looking earlier and Saunders has never been submitted. So, and he's got, you know, such a dangerous clinch and guard as well. I think that he can actually probably maybe handle himself on the ground and maybe get a knockout. So I'm going to go with one unit on Ben Saunders plus 250. Um, Justin. I think it's a good play. Ben Saunders is a live underdog for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, off his back, he's he's a monster. Uh, 
I think that, that it'll probably come down to, to what happens on the feed. Marais is a little unorthodox, kind of throws wild, real athletic, though, and uh, so he could end up landing something. But uh, Ben Saunders, you know, he's been there forever, so um, I think it's a good pick. I'm going to stay away from it myself, but it's a good one. Moving on to the Fox Sports 2 uh, prelims, and uh, there will be heavyweight action. This one should be entertaining. It's uh, Augusto Sakai uh, taking on Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman is always in entertaining fights. That guy, win or lose, he's going to go in on his shield or he's going to knock you out. Uh, Augusto Sakai, I believe, has been in Bellator. I think this is his first fight with the UFC. I'm not real familiar with him. I, I do feel like I've seen him on a Bellator card. Uh, maybe I'm completely full of shit. Uh, he is uh, opened at minus two. 285 Chase Sherman coming back at plus 205. Now the odds uh, have tightened up as a little bit of money coming in on Chase Sherman. Sakai now minus 255. Sherman plus 215. Um, I think the later this fight goes, the more chance that Sherman potentially gasses and it goes to Sakai's uh, favor. But Sherman's going to be really dangerous for the first round and a half or so. So uh, my lean would probably be under something, whatever it is, but I'm not going to play the actual fight. I'm going to pass. Justin. Uh, yeah, Sakai is a beast. Um, I think he's 5-1-1 one one in Bellator. And then he came off of uh, the Contender Series. He had a nice uh, TKO victory there. Um, but like I said, Chase Sherman, he's, uh, he's a go-getter. I'm, I'm going to stay away from it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think Sakai probably probably handles them pretty easily. So both of us make uh, a pass on this one. Moving on to our next bout, light heavyweights, as it is Luis Enrique taking on Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann opens at minus 195. Enrique comes back at plus 155. And now uh, the money has come in on the Brazilian as now Spann is now uh, minus 160 uh, with Enrique coming back at plus 140. Um... You know, I really liked Henrique when he was plus 185 uh, or plus 150. Well, yeah, it's, I guess it's not as big a drop as I thought. I, I, I'm leaning towards him here because Span, you know, he's he's tough. He's athletic, but, but I've never been just like super, super high on the guy. And I just don't see them bringing him down here to Brazil to win. So I am going to play one unit on Luis Enrique plus 140. I thought it dropped to lower than that, but I definitely like him in getting underdog money. Uh, so one unit on Luis Enrique plus 140. Justin. Uh, yeah, Luis en- Enrique's lost his last two. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm not sure. I think I'd probably stay away from it. Um, it should be a fun fight, though. Of course, then uh, moving on, we have lightweight action as Evan Dunham takes on Francisco Trinaldo. Evan Dunham, I think, has gone on the record to say he's retiring after this fight. So that's interesting. Uh, and he's kind of had like a career resurgence, you know, uh, for a while. I, I think he was kind of maybe thought he was done. And then he kind of ran back up and had some it kind of changed his persona, not his persona, but maybe his fighting um, uh, style or, or whatever the way that he's perceived. I always thought earlier in his career that he was kind of a boring, grindy guy, but he's gotten in much more exciting fights. It seems like over the years, uh, Trinaldo is just a brick shit house. You know, he's just a fucking just 
built put together short and strong he opened the brazilian open at minus 215 with dunham coming back at plus 165 and now um the the public has gotten behind francisco trinaldo and bet him up to minus 255 with dunham coming back at plus 215 man i really want to take dunham plus 215 i do and i think it's a pretty good value play but i at the same time trinaldo's yeah, he's going to be tough at home uh and a good chance it goes to the judges so i'm going to pass justin yeah trinaldo's coming off a loss to james vick um where i mean he blasted vick a few times and and could have won um before that he beat jim miller and then uh, the fight before that he lost to kevin lee prior to that i mean he was on a tear um so i'm I'm with you. I think uh, I think Evan Dunham is a, is a good good chance to take on him. Um, but man, Trinaldo is going to be really tough. Evan Dunham's going to be wild. Though. I mean, it's his last fight. He's, he said he has said he's retiring. So uh, I think you can look for Evan Dunham to come out and, and just go for it. Um, so I'll probably see a stoppage in this fight. Finally, on the, the so you're you're passing on it though. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm passing. I think it'll be a good fight. I mean, I'm excited for the fight. I just really am uncertain. I, I don't. I, I, I lean towards Trinaldo still, but I think that there's a little value with Dunham. I'll pass. Last, I was going to take Dunham. Yeah, yeah, but I just last minute I, I backed down. <laughs> Finally, rounding out the Fox Sports 2 prelims, we have a uh, another lightweight bout, and it's going to be Charles Dubronx Oliveira, uh, another wildly popular Brazilian and very exciting fighter, and taking on Christos Yagos, uh, who is making his return to the UFC. I believe he got cut uh, once and went back on the regionals and then went on a good run and fought some really tough competition, like on in ACB. Uh, now he's back, but again, he's going. He's being brought to Brazil to face one of the top fighters you know Charles Oliveira is really good uh Oliveira opened at minus 320 Yagos um coming back at plus 240 and uh the money's come in on Oliveira as he is now minus 370 with Yagos coming back at plus 310 I I really can't pull the trigger on Yagos here even at plus 310 in minus 370 is a little high because Yagos doesn't suck he's pretty good but Oliveira just I just, I, he's, I just don't see him losing at home. I could potentially see this being parlayed with something down the way, but um, I'm going to pass. Justin? Um, I don't, I'm not going to win much on this one, but I'm going to go ahead and, and take Oliveira. I think it's a pretty sure, sure thing. Uh, so I'll put one unit on him just to, just to get a sure bet there. Justin Watson suggests getting that free money with Charles Oliveira, uh, putting one unit on Dubronx at minus 370. Moving on to the main card, that will be moving over to Fox Sports 1. We've got more female action, uh, and this one it looks like it's maybe the closest odds on the card is Marina Rodriguez. Uh, I don't know if this is her UFC debut or if she's another situation from the Contender Series or some such. Uh, she's fighting Randa Marcos, who we, we have seen, uh, and she's really tough. She's really unpredictable. You don't know which version is going to show up. She's capable of, of, of beating really good people. She's capable of losing, too. Uh, Marina Rodriguez opened minus 160. Randa Marcos at plus 120. Now uh, the public has gotten behind Marcos, and now Marcos is the favorite. Randa Marcos minus 115. Marina Rodriguez coming back at minus 105. And and I've just got to go against the public on a few of these here because 
I think that's a good value in the line swing. I'm going to go with the Brazilian Marina Rodriguez at minus 105 for one unit. Justin? I'm taking one for uh, Rodriguez, too. She came off the contender series. She's 10-0, five knockouts, um, great Muay Thai. She's going to have the height and the reach advantage. Uh, like you said, Marcos, over her last 10 or 12 fights, she's just gone, you know, win one, lose one, back and forth. So, um, yeah, I think it's good value on Rodriguez. Both Justin and I go with Marina Rodriguez, minus 105. Uh, pretty good value there, I think. Moving on to uh, to a bantamweight contest, it is Hanan Barrao, uh, longtime staple of the UFC at the top of the division, taking on the debuting Andre Ewell. Uh, I say UFC debuting, I should say. And, and I know that he... Uh, well, I don't know for sure, but he may have been a contender series guy. Uh, and what's and what's really crazy is that, you know, several years ago, they would have seen Burrell, I think, is this wouldn't have been even a close fight. But uh, Hanan Burrell opens at minus 350 with Andre Ewell coming back at plus 250. That sounds, you know, about right. right? Huh? But no, now uh, the public has just hammered Andre Ewell. They think Hanan Burrell is done. And now Burrell only minus 125 with Andre you will coming back at plus 105 that is very tempting to jump on Burrell but at the same time I'm I'm just like I don't know but that I mean you got to keep in mind hey this guy has been still fighting very top level people you know uh, very high level guys Ewell hasn't fought anyone near the level of guys that uh, Burrell has fought so this is a big step up for him but he may just overwhelm him but again it's in Brazil I don't know I've got to take Burrell doing it yeah i'm taking barrel minus diego sanchez yeah right <laughs> minus 125 for one unit justin uh yeah i'm doing the same thing like you said I, it's crazy to get barrel um at those kind of odds i mean he's had a he's had a rough go his last several fights but i mean he's been fighting the best in the world um so you know this kid is 5 11 76 inch reach uh so he's huge for for bantam weight um but you know, I think Burrell can take him down and uh, might might see a submission out of Burrell. So both Justin and I go hit on Burrell, one unit minus 125. And now we move on to the feature bout, and that one is uh, going to be a light heavyweight bout, and it's an interesting one. In uh, It's going to be uh, the return after two years uh, of Antonio Rodrigo Noguera as he takes on smiling Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey has kind of got a little rejuvenated uh, pep in his step since moving up to 205. And, uh, you know, he's obviously got some power there, uh, but he's also has some bouts of inactivity from time to time. You know, uh, so this fight could suck potentially. I don't, who knows what Nagara is going to look like coming back from the USADA and suspension and injury. And uh, Alvi, they opened at minus 300 uh, with uh, Antonio uh, coming back at plus 220. Alvi is now minus 330 with uh, Nogueira coming back at plus 270. Yeah, I mean, I could see Alvi sleeping him out there. I could see this being a very boring, grindy fight. And so, I don't know. I, I I really think they're. I would consider putting a small amount on Noguera just in case he's able to just clinch him up and make it just a shitty fight. But I'm gonna pass. I'd rather just see Avi sleep in, but I'm gonna pass. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I have to pass on that one too. I think I think Sam Alvey is very underrated. Um, but you know, it's a little nog. I mean. You never know what's going to happen. He'd come in there and break your arm or he could knock you out. So um, 
I don't think I don't think that's a safe bet either way. Uh, but I'm staying away from it. So, so both uh, Justin and I, we pass on uh, the Sam Alvey Nogueira fight. Moving on to the co-main event, it is uh, Cowboy Alex Oliveira. He is uh, he's been on a roll. He's and he's always in exciting fights. He's really been you know fighting some of the best competition out there. Uh, but in this one, he's got a late replacement. Uh, it's going to be Carlo Pedersoli, who uh, he won his debut uh, against Brad Scott by decision. Uh, but this is a big step up for him. And uh, Oliveira, uh, Cowboy, opened at minus 245. Uh, Soli coming back at plus 175. I would have jumped all over it at that price. Now, though, uh, Oliveira is bet up to minus 425 with Soli. Uh, coming back at plus 340. It's just a little much for me to give up. However, I, I wouldn't argue an, um, uh, a parlay with the, uh, both Oliveras, uh, Charles and Alex. Justin. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it's a good parlay. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, if you wanted to take something small, you know, it's like a $10, $15 bet or something, it'd, it'd be safe just to just to have fun and play on Oliveira. But, um but I don't think I think that's just just too expensive to to really play on. Justin and I both pass on that one, uh, but both probably lean towards Oliveira. I really don't see many pass the victory for Petr Soli. Uh, and then, of course, the main event, we've got another late replacement. It was supposed to be just two completely different guys uh, in this main event. But now um, now. Um, Tiago Santos had been in now for a, a couple weeks uh, against uh, Jimmy Manawa, who got to Brazil and has a hamstring injury. He withdraws, and now it's Eric Anders, uh, a guy we know from this area. It's fought for valor and a uh, really good guy, great phenom prospect. And, man, this is going to be such a damn good fight. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a 205, and both these guys are normally 185ers, so I don't think he, either guy really has an advantage there. I think uh, there's a disadvantage for Anders coming in on short notice for a fight like this. Uh, Hopefully his cardio is where he's supposed to be on short notice. Santos is a, is a damn hitter. Uh, I mean, that guy is hits so hard. He melts people. But he, I've seen him get melted too. You know, he's, he's probably got the weaker chin. Um, Anders just maybe a little more well-rounded and athletic. Uh, but golly, I've just, I mean, I saw, I've seen, I've seen Santos just look so good. I, uh, I I really want to see Eric Anders win this fight, and I can't fade him here with an official pick. Um, but I can't back it either. Um, I I really am just going to sit back and enjoy this one because I know it's going to be fireworks. Justin, uh, yeah, I was going to get your boy on tonight, but I, I knew he had a tall tall task at hand, so I figured we'd <laughs> leave him alone this week. Um, but yeah, man, this is going to be a wild fight. I'd I'd love to take Eric too. But like I said, Santos, man, he's just he's a killer. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm gonna have to stay away from it. I'm gonna have to save my my last unit there. So we finish out our picks. Both of us put five units on the line as uh, Justin goes with Thomas Lettuce. And uh, and uh, and then we we both. Oh, I'm sorry. Justin goes with Thomas Lettuce and also Charles Oliveira. Um, I go with Ben Saunders and Luis Enrique. And then we both agree 
on uh, on Bueno, uh, Mar- uh, Marina Rodriguez, and Hanan Burrell. So uh, those ones we agree on, maybe just <laughs> bet double on those or something. I believe we do better for you guys out there. Uh, we'll, we'll recap it next week and, and kind of tally up our scores, and, and hopefully uh, we're looking better than we were last week. All right, moving on. It is time for our interviews. All right, on the line, we are joined by Christina Ricker. She is getting to make her long-anticipated professional debut this weekend. It's going down in Vancouver, British Columbia, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, it is a Battlefield Fight League, and she is the main event. Thank you for joining us tonight, Chris. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. We're doing great. And I, I appreciate you taking a few minutes. I know you're uh, probably about to get started on uh, the uh, the ever dreaded weight cut here before you get ready to uh, to hit the scales here this weekend. Uh, you just arrived in uh, British Columbia today. How was the trip? Was it long? Was it uh, was it was it a, a harrowing one or any any good stories from that? Or was it pretty uneventful? Uh, I think it was pretty to the point. Um, nothing major happened. Thank goodness. I'm. I mean, we can overcome it, no problem, but I'd rather it go smoothly. <laughs> um, so nice and long, adjusting to the time change. Um, so we'll work out here soon just to get used to working out this late or what will be this late. Um, right now, it's really bright outside, and British Columbia is beautiful. Vancouver is amazing. Um, so just getting used to it, getting used to the area. So, um, we'll go so how many how many hours behind us? You know, we're in the Eastern time zone here in Eastern Tennessee. Are you, what is it, four or five hours um, back? I think it's just three or four. Is it just three? three. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. So it's just the same as Pacific time. Yes. Okay. So when you're fighting in the main event, though, out there, uh, which will probably be, you know, it'll feel like, like two in the morning to you, I guess. It's roadhouse hours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is awesome. Uh, Like we were saying, you've got your your pro debut. Uh, It's been a long time coming, uh, and it's coming up this weekend for Battlefield Fight League. You're going to be taking on Jamie Lynn Horth, who we are not familiar with at all out here because we're so far away from them. Uh, She is 1-0 and and, uh, the hometown girl up there. What can you tell us about uh, what we can expect uh, from this fight and and maybe any kind of uh, of insight at all into your opponent yeah uh, we don't know a whole lot about her either um again not from the area and there's not a huge pool of women fighters out here um so we know she's done some kickboxing um, and she's obviously a very skilled athlete and so we've got kind of the basics worked up in terms of like a um a game plan other than for me just to be myself (laughs) so we're going to roadhouse her Yes. The plan. <laughs> so, you know, this, this, you know, you've been working towards this pro debut for several months now, months now. Have you adjusted anything in your training regimen now that you are going pro? There are, you know, obviously two more minutes in the rounds, which I don't guess sounds like a lot to the, the average Joe, but, but I'm sure you can attest feels like a lot longer than the three minutes uh, that you're accustomed to. That said, I know you train with pros all the time and you're giving them rounds, uh, you know, preparing them for five minute rounds. But, uh, that that said, you've got uh, some uh, some more techniques that that can come into play with the elbows and uh, and things like that. Have you adjusted your training at all, or has it been just business as usual? Uh, 
we've picked up the intensity quite a bit, which is exciting and always fun and very exhausting. Um, but yes, for the most part, we train as pros. I expected to be a pro, so I attempted to train like one since the beginning. Um, Frankie's really good about any type of drills during strength and conditioning that they last at least five minutes. There's no three-minute business, um, but we train for pro style. Um, same thing with them when we spar. It's always for five minutes. I can't remember the last three-minute round. Of course, Christina trains with uh, KMAA, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy, under Eric Turner, Joey Zonar, and then strength and conditioning. Under Frankie Padilla at Frankie's Body Shop in Knoxville. They've been getting her, from the looks of social media, uh, shredded to death and, uh, and, and ready to, to come in here and, and wreck shop uh, in the hometown girls' uh, uh, home home area there. And this has been kind of a theme for you. You know, you've gone on the road uh, about as much as any amateur that, that I know around here, and you've always gone off and you fought you know the the toughest chicks in their hometown uh and these you know has obviously kind of i would imagine kind of hardened you up and sharpened you for for the jump to the pro level where you've already been fighting girls that are on the pro level for the last year or more oh absolutely i've fought some ridiculously tough competitors um and i've watched several of them go and make their pro debuts and start their pro careers and i've just been kind of like all right here we go this is i'm coming hold up i'm coming (laughs) i got it (laughs) so um i'm excited i feel like it's prepared me very well of course we have justin watson one of our uh our longtime judges on the line here justin what you got for chris hey chris hey Tons of people to train with up there, KMA. Anybody else in training camp with you right now? Um, let's see. We've had several women actually be in training camp while I've been in mine. So um, Emily Geddes and Shana Young, they've been in training camp. Taylor Turner, she's in the middle of hers too. Um, so that's been a really good opportunity for all of us to kind of be on at the same time and really sharpen our skills and try to one-up each other all the time, which is great. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I know. I know that uh, having that camaraderie and um, those training partners around definitely helps out uh, pushing each other to get ready for the fight. Um, any pressures going into the main event, debuting in her backyard? Nah, nah. Cage is a cage. Um, I mean, you, it's exciting, yes, and it's a big honor, and I, I, I am really looking forward to it. But the cage is always the same once you step in there. It's always just another opponent, and I just have to go to work. Sometimes it may be easier, you know, when you're at a place where nobody knows who you are and um, you don't have to think about, you know, all your family and friends in the crowd and uh, you can really just focus on the fight. So um, I can understand that. Uh, So I know you got a late cutting to get back to and everything, so I'll give it to you and let you uh, make some shout-outs, sponsors or teammates or uh, whatever. Um, Let our listeners know where they can follow you on social media. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, on Instagram, is Christina underscore Ricker. Um, and then on Facebook, is Christina Roadhouse Ricker. And I should be posting up there when I, the way to watch this fight, because there should be streaming online. And once I get those links, I'll be posting it there for everybody to follow and watch. Um, and there will be a time difference. So just to keep that in mind, and I'll post it on there. The accurate, like Tennessee time, true time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the only time. Um, right on. We'll be looking um, forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on and taking the time. Gosh, I'm not all the way out here. This is awesome. All right. This has been Rising Women's MMA Standout, Christina Riker. Best of luck, Chris. Thanks.
All right. Up next on the line, we've got a very special guest. We are joined by the M1 Global World Featherweight Champion, Nate the Train Landwehr. Nate the Train, what's up, my man? Oh, man, just chilling, man. You know, just living this champ life. Well, we we really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of that champ live to, to chat with us a little bit here, uh, on the valor hour, of course, Nate, the train, one of the most colorful, uh, personalities and, and exciting fighters to, to ever come out of the state of Tennessee. Uh, and, and we really enjoy watching him fight. Of course, he's fought out here in our neck of the woods and now has gone on to bigger, better things fighting for M one global. And, uh, Nate, your last time out there, you got a big, uh, a big round two, uh, knockout over comms. Daljeev, and you won that M1 Global uh, World Championship, man. Talk a little bit about that fight. Talk a little bit about just, uh, you know, the experience of going out there. You know, obviously, it's not the first time that they brought you over there. You've gone over there uh, two or three times now. Uh, just yeah, talk about man, the, yeah. the differences, you know, and it's just kind of the culture differences. It seems like you really acclimate oh, well man. out there. Yeah, yeah, like uh, the place we fought last time was you know, you got Russia and you got the Republic. So the last place we fought was in Grushadia. And uh, they do stuff different, though. You know what I'm saying? You got to wear <laughs> pants at all times. And they don't play no games. But, man, cool culture. Just an English little barrier. They don't speak English. But other than that, all the people that did speak English was real good. You know, I get my translator. But the fight <laughs> itself, you know, about the fight itself, when Nathan Train comes in, it's either going to be a knockout or just a um, a fight of the year. So either which one, we knew that, uh, you know, if a man's chin bone can withstand the punches, it's going to be a good fight. But if not, it's going to be a knockout. Well, Nate, you are you went into that fight ten and two. Your opponent was ten and one, and that you know these M one guys they they're doing nothing but putting you in these these tough these tough ass fights. You know, your first guy was thirteen and two. Your next guy was fourteen yeah. and one. You know, you're you're being brought out there to fight to fight the guys, and you're and you're knocking these guys the fuck out. Uh, you know, do, do, do you does it feel like that? Do you feel like you're the you are the B the quote B side when you're brought out there, or do you, do you feel like they are legitimately trying to you know push Nate the train as well? Uh, you know, the first fight, you know, they just knew me from uh, you know highlight reels, the film, this interviews, and uh, so they was real curious. You know, they was like, man, he got so much. He just so hype with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He comes to fight. I could just tell the sense was like, man, if he could just fight, we got something here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything else is just, you know, I could talk, I could walk, I could smile, I could do all the things I need to do, you know, the backflip shit like that, rip the shirt off. So it was like, man, if we if he could just fight. So after that first fight, they realized that they see me fighting in person, they realized that. They didn't bring no B side in. It's A side all the way. <laughs> I love it, man, and I can attest that I've never seen a boring Nate the Train fight. It just it doesn't it doesn't go down like that. And and Nate has such an oh, infectious no. and such an infectious uh, what's the word? Just charisma, energy that you can't help but get pumped up. You know when he's fighting. Yeah, I and that's, do, man, it's a feeling. You know. You you <laughs> well, that's just, what that's what promotion. You know, you can just feel it, man. It's just like. Uh, as the maintenance once told me, man, it's, they might not remember your name. They might not remember uh, the fight itself. They might not remember what night it are, but they'll never forget the feeling that they felt when they seen you do what you did. 
<laughs> no doubt. I can attest. I can attest. So, you know, in this last one, your opponent missed weight. And I know uh, if anybody knows you, making weight, you take very seriously. Uh, that is one of those, you know, pet peeves that Nate the Train just doesn't take uh, lightly, if you will, and especially for a title fight, something like that, you got to miss the way. There was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of a, a skirmish, if you will. Uh, was was that, uh, you know, was was any, you know, talk about what was going through your mind. Were you really that pissed? Was a, it was a, or was it some of it more for show to kind of rattle him yeah, and kind of get his head a little bit? Uh, no, I was, I was very, 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 very mad. It's not <laughs> the point. It's not. You know what I mean? I understand that that it, it's uh, hard to make weight, but I also understand. There's another weight class that's 10 pounds easier to make. You feel me? Sure. Absolutely. And it's like, uh, you know, why why do that? To, you know what I mean? I'm a big dude. You, you can't get much too much bigger than me and make that weight class. So anybody bigger than me is having a tough time. I make the weight. I expect the champ to make the weight. I expect anybody to say, I can see you call me up. Hey, you want to fight next week? Uh, you call me up. You got 12 weeks. There's no excuse. No, you're right. You're right. I agree 100 percent, man. Uh, but you went out there and you took it out on his ass and, and got him out of there with just some some vicious, uh, some vicious striking. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, your training since then. Are you still are you still training locally in Clarksville? Or are you branching out and getting out to any of the bigger camps? I, I saw on your Facebook first. Fuck. Let me say that I, I, I want to give you props on the mustache because it is it is glorious, honestly. And I, I try to pull that <laughs> off myself. My wife won't won't let me keep it for more than a day or two. But I feel like I feel like invigorated by just having a mustache. I can't keep one. Man, so you, are you, you growing it all the are we I going all the way with it? Bitch off, man. I just saved it off like Oh no. Just like like an hour, like two two hours ago. <laughs> I was hoping you were going all the way. Hey, you know how the whites are. I don't think any white since 1978 like a, a mustache. You know what uh, I mean? Mine gives my, me hell when I try to do it too. Oh well, yeah, we, we, we try. Uh, <laughs> as far as training wise, you know, uh, same thing. You know, I'm Clarksville, straight out of Clarksville. Uh, I just truly believe in Tennessee, and I truly believe in that the people that I got surround myself that we can go. I mean, I can compete with anybody in my division on any roster anywhere on the planet earth. And, uh, I truly believe in myself. I truly believe in my teammates and, uh, we can do it right here. You know, the only difference is between us and the main gyms is that, uh, we just ain't got the shot yet. Well, it just takes one guy kind of breaking through and, and shining the light on others. I know your teammate, Edward Massey, another guy that we're very familiar with here at Valor, he went out there and shined too. Yeah, he did very well. I mean, we got a bunch of young guys coming up. I like to go to Nashville, get some cross work with them guys. I mean, Tennessee in general just got great fighters, and I would like to be an old man one day and think to myself, man, we started some shit, didn't we? You know what I mean? No uh, doubt. You know, you always hear about, you know, but you want to go to these main gyms. Tennessee just as good as Cali. Tennessee just as good as Arizona. Tennessee good as Mexico, New Mexico. Wherever you want to go, it's going to be the same people. You know what I mean? Somebody got to hold mitt. Somebody got to catch a punch to the face. Somebody got to wrestle with you. You got to have a mat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all the same things that we all do. We all got the same things in common. It's just about having that loyalty and trust. You know what I mean? Mark, what you got? Well, I mean, that last fight, I mean, besides the champ not making weight and kind of acting like a freaking press conference and shit, and uh, Nate standing up and walking away, and, and we're talking about this at the M1 Global Show in Nashville. How 
how satisfying was it when he was poking you in the eyes and doing all that dirty shit in the beginning of the fight to just, when you got him down, then she fucking laid on him. He had no answer for you. How, was that more satisfying since you were trying to cheat all damn time? Man, I knew that the choke was deep when a man got to poke you in the eyes. You know what I mean? You know this shit's locked yeah. in. You know, I was in the zone. I was in the zone, and uh, I heard I heard Mike, my corner man, and Angel yelling out, "Ground and pound, punching." So I forgot for a second that I got these hands. You know what I mean? And when yeah. I put them on him, it was uh, it was too late for him after he got hit with that. I think he hit with that first shot. It's too late. And the left hand just rocked the shit up, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling real comfortable. Uh, I don't have anything right now official, but we're working for something in November, and I'm really excited to defend that belt for the first Ooh. time. What are the odds? You know, what side of the ocean? Yeah, until I transfer over to the UFC, I'll probably I'll be uh, over there across seas, which is great for me because I would love to just to. Uh, it's fun for me because I get to travel and I get to get paid and I get to have a good time. So, I mean, it's like a win, 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 win. Plus, my family and shit, they can watch it on the TV, no problem. HD. <laughs> well, real quick, man, uh, before before we let you go, uh, I want to I want to throw it over to Justin. He had one question for you, and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll let you get on to your evening. Justin, what you got? Nate, what up, man? What up, man? Train running over motherfuckers in Russia, huh? Yeah, baby. <laughs> so when do you think, uh, how long do you think it'll be till you make the move to the UFC? Yeah, so, um, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, M1 signed a contract with the UFC and every defense, all you gotta do as a champion is defend the belt twice and you're automatically with the UFC. Oh, wow. Woo! Oh, shit. So basically, I mean, basically we already in there. I mean, I've, I've been cutting lines so much. I could feel. I feel like I just, you know, one more would be enough. But I mean, they got to talk something good because I've been. I mean, M one's good to me, and they've been treating me like the person I need to be treated like. So we'll see how everything adds up. I mean, a roster's a roster. Money's money. I hear you, man. That's a that's a good way to go in there. Um, all the leverage would be on your side. Look forward to seeing oh, you yeah, again. Where can we get some yeah. of those uh, Nate the Train glasses? Oh, man, them shades, man, you know, uh, it's a funny thing. My wife, we're going to start this little thing called the uh, the Train Stop Shop, man. We're going to have all the next train memorabilia. <laughs> man, if y'all need some sunglasses, man, they're real cheap. They're only 10 bucks, man. Got the little next train, custom yellows. Hit me up on the Instagram. Hit me up on uh, Facebook, you know. Support your boy, Nate the Train. Ain't nobody on the planet putting on better shows than me. Only the same. You can only marry. You can't surpass. You know what I mean? Agreed. I feel you. <clears throat> Let everybody know uh, how they can follow you on social media. Get some shout outs to sponsors. Um, anything oh, else you want to say? You already know there's only one. There's only one Nature Train. You know what I mean? Nature Train on Instagram. Nature Train on the Facebook. You just type in Nate the T, and probably the rest will pop up. It's history. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's only one. You know, yeah. There's no flashes. You ain't got to put no numbers in. Just straight Nature Train, and there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag underscore ass. All right, well, that's been Nate the Train Landwar. Uh, catch him hopefully in November. M1 smashing some Russians. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Nate. Get a date. May y'all hit me back and we'll, we'll announce it.
That's perfect, brother. We'd love to have you back once you got a date. What's up? We'll have you back on and we'll uh, we'll start talking some shit. Thanks, brother. Oh uh, yeah, we're still hyping up. Yeah, you thank y'all, man. Y'all have a good night, bro. All right, that does it for our slate of interviews. Thank you so much to Christina Ricker and Nate the Train Landweer for taking some time out of their evenings to chat with us about all the things they've got coming up. Make sure you follow them on social media and uh, show them some love. And now for the special announcement we've been talking about, kind of uh, leading up to here uh, before we we sign off for episode 80. And that is, as of this week, I, Timothy Loy, am no longer in the promoting game. I have stepped out of the uh, out of the driver's seat, if you will, and uh, have uh, uh, stepped into just a a matchmaker role. And and that honestly is what I've always uh, felt was my wheelhouse and and what I enjoy doing. you know, I never really had visions of being a, a full-on promoter, and all that goes with. There's so much that goes with it that people don't even understand. And um, so uh, that said, I have uh, I have stepped out of Valor Fights as the promoter. It will go on. Valor will continue. We have uh, we have sold the company uh, and, and its assets and whatnot. Uh, and we will have a special interview with the purchaser uh, next week actually so you'll have to tune in next week and we will announce uh who is taking over the helm of uh, valor like i said i will remain on as the matchmaker so uh all the fighters will still be primarily dealing with me and as far as the uh, operations go you won't notice uh anything different uh however uh for me it allows me to spend much more quality time with my family and probably preserve a few years off of this debaucherous life of mine so uh that is uh that is off my chest, and uh, I, I thank everyone out there over the years, all the fighters, the, the coaches, the sponsors, the fans, uh, my wife especially for putting up with this crazy lifestyle. Uh, and and I, like I said, I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be I'll still be at all the fights, putting the fights together. You're still going to have great cards, and uh, it just uh, it'll be under uh, someone else's direction at this point. But we're going to talk to that person next week, so make sure you tune in, and we will uh, introduce them and uh, talk about lots more with them and kind of the plans for uh, for valor moving forward and uh i also uh don't want to make good on our promise we're gonna we're gonna give you some fights uh that announced here first uh, th- these are these are exclusives folks this is breaking news on the valor hour you can only hear it here uh so make sure you tell your friends uh for november the second at the cotton eye joe uh valor returns uh to knoxville It'll be our first time at cotton eye joe really excited to be there because it's a just a really fun venue chuck ward uh took that over a, a little over a year ago and uh has really uh done great things with it they won the academy of country music's club of the year this year he went to nashville to accept that so a great honor for them and a great honor for us to to be able to to, to bring valor to that uh, to that awesome venue, uh, and I know it's going to be a blast. And our main event is going to be a good one. It is uh, it is two former Valor champions, and it is going to be a heavyweight contest. It's the pro debut for both of them. Big sexy Billy Swanson makes his pro debut, long awaited, uh, as he takes on the uh, another long awaited pro debut former Valor um, uh, uh, light heavyweight champion, Big John Hall, undefeated. 
uh, taking on Billy Hamilton. It's going to be, man, I'm really, really stoked to make that one. Uh, whew, talk about a clash of styles, you know. Uh, Dude, Paul Hamilton is going to be, it's going to be fire, and it's going to be, honestly, it's worth the price of admission alone because both these guys very well known in our area, both former amateur uh, champions, and both taking a really uh, dangerous first fight uh, as pros. Uh, your thoughts on it, Justin? Oh, man, big props to both these guys for for taking this fight as as, uh, as their debut fight. It's gonna be really fun. Light heavyweight champ and heavyweight champ. They're gonna they're gonna put on fireworks. Mark, what do you think? Oh man, you know from the time me and you started talking about this, I was hyped up about it. I mean, you just don't see guys of this caliber taking this kind of fight on their debut. You know, I. I you know, th- thinking back, I can't think of any. Maybe Primetime versus Travis Shelton had a little bit of hot behind it when they were coming out. But, I mean, for two guys, probably number one and number two in the States, you just got everybody, all right, we're going to each other's pros now. I mean, that's crazy, right? It is certainly rare to see guys take a, take a, a risk like that in their uh, debuts against a guy that is well-known within the region like themselves. So props to both guys. I'm really excited to make this fight and excited for it to be the main event. November the 2nd, our co-main event, we'll see the return of one of our, our dear friends, uh, Hella Kitty, Shamir Peshewa. She'll be uh, making her second pro uh, fight. Uh, she will look to improve the 2-0. and She's going to be taking on Hannah Rosario, uh, Hannah, a fighter that we have seen many times as an amateur. She'll be making her pro debut. She's fought uh, a who's who of amateurs over her career and uh, a very tough girl. And uh, she'll be doing her training over with Roger Carroll in North Carolina. So I expect to see a lot of improvements from her. It's been a while since she's competed and uh, always excited to have uh, females on the card. Of course, we've got three on this card, three, three female bouts um, also on the card, uh, David Robbins makes his pro debut, and that's going to be another fight that, you know, people have been waiting on David's pro debut for a long time now. He's the the head guy at American Killer Bees in Cleveland. He'll be taking on a very dangerous Justin Hatcher, who is also uh, making his pro debut, but uh, a longtime vet of the Roanoke scene uh, up in the middle Virginia area. Uh, very tough very uh, very strong, explosive guy. Uh, you know, Robin's probably the more technical. Uh, it's going to be uh, not a cakewalk for either guy. What do you think, Mark? Such a great fight, man. I've, I've seen both of them fight a bunch of times, man. And it's, uh, you know, that's just a tough kid, man. And uh, I think David's a little bit more technical, but that don't mean you can get him out of there either. It's a, it's a hell of a fight. And then, of course, our feature bout, we'll go ahead and announce this one is going to be really good. This one will be action. Uh, Dre Miley, KMAA's Dre Miley, he'll be making his return to the Valor Cage. Uh, we haven't seen him compete now since, uh, I want to say, February. Uh, it was in Nashville, uh, dropped a tough one to Chris Ocon, who's a very, very, one of the top prospects in the nation. Uh, he is two and two and looking to really uh, make a statement in this comeback fight since he's joined Frankie's Body Shop as well as training with KMAA. So, you know, he's just shredded to death and, uh, and chomped up a bit to get back in there. And he's going to have a really tough one and, as we will see the debut of Ned Spears, who we've seen several times on the amateur circuit for us. Very tricky veteran. He's got lots of old school tricks and uh is one of your older debuting guys but you can't sleep on ned it seems like people sleep on ned a lot and uh his last time out he beat a kmaa uh fighter logan wolf so uh this is going to be an action fight justin oh this is going to be great um looking forward to it ned like you say ned always comes out to fight and 
Um, Dre, Dre's been out for a while, but like you said, he's shred city right now. I've seen, I've seen pictures of him and, uh, I know he's been busting his ass to get back in there. That's the top four pro fights, but there are seven pro bouts on this card, folks. Also in action that night, you're going to see the Asian persuasion, Jason King in action. You're going to see the Valkyrie, Emily Geddes in action as well from KMAA that in a pro female bout. And then uh, also you're going to see the return of Chris Wolf, who we haven't seen in years. Uh, he has not competed in several years. He's taken over the KMAA Pigeon Forge branch and uh it will be making his return as he takes on uh long term uh long time uh mainstay roy sanders real steel so uh, both those guys will be looking to get into the win column uh there and uh like i said that's just a pro card that's that's we got seven pro bouts and then uh on the amateur side it's a smaller amateur card because um there's so many pro fights, but uh, the the main event will be yet another female bout uh, as Yancy Alcantara from Shield Systems, uh, two and zero flyweight, really good prospect out of Venezuela. Uh, she'll be taking on Kaylee Maynard uh, from Roger Carroll's group, Superior Mar Superior Martial Arts in North Carolina, who is two and one and looks to be very good. I think it's going to be uh, the toughest test of both of their uh, amateur careers up to date. That'll be our amateur main event. We're also going to see Jacob Clemens return another. Uh, long-time favorite here in the area. He is our current uh, amateur flyweight champion. This will be a non-title bout as he'll take on uh, Chance Hurst out of Newport Combat Club. He's a training partner of John Hall. Uh, and then rounding out the amateur portion, we will see uh, Taylor Wilson make his return. He is uh, coming off of a debut win at the Shed just very, uh, very sh short few weeks ago. So he'll make a quick turnaround to fight another victorious fighter from that night, KMAA's Nick Wigley, who we saw knock out Bud Cook that same night as Taylor Wilson beat, uh, uh, pulled an upset over Stephen Tanner. So uh, that'll be uh, two guys, two undefeated guys putting it on the line at 145. And then uh, we'll also see the return of James Arden. And if you saw him fight at the shed, you know that this guy is uh, something else. He didn't come out victorious, but man, he he wasn't a loser either. That was a fight that the crowd was just absolutely roaring. He fought Rodrigo Martinez that night. But man, that guy, I mean, he's put together. He brings a huge crowd and he is very confident and ready to go out there and, uh, and get his first win, uh, taking on Brandon Nelson, who is making his debut. And then finally, we wrap it up with uh, with uh, our opening battle be a tie fight. We've only got one one tie fight this time. And it will be uh, Zachary Wright making his debut from Shield Systems, taking on Michael Rowe of Knoxville. And that is your Valor card for November 2nd. We're going to be talking to a lot of these folks uh, in the coming weeks as we get closer to that card. We're going to talk to all sorts of these folks and get uh, you know all the details and uh, we'll continue to update you as changes occur but yeah that's your that's your valor card for November 2nd seven big pro fights and uh, it's sure to be uh, sure to be a good time uh, overall thoughts on the card gentlemen well I'd say first and foremost congratulations on on your demotion and your uh, <laughs> your recall <laughs> to matchmaking uh, I've never I been happier that. to be demoted I, I know you have man I know you it's, it's, <laughs> It's a great position to be in, man. It's a what a blessing, you know. And uh, man, just congratulations you you set the bar very high for any promotion in the state of Tennessee. I tell you that it's uh, everyone else is miles and miles and miles behind. <laughs> so just keep growing and keep doing it, man. You do it without a good team, man. I mean, you're part of that team, and we'll continue to be part of that team. And uh, you know, there's very few that have been, you know, kind of. Uh, ride or dies, you know, for for so many years, and uh, and I, I must say, both of you gentlemen I'm on the line with right now are are two of those. So thank you guys as well for for the many years of, of support.
And that will do it for another edition of the Valor Hour, episode 80, all the way up to 80. Man, thanks so much to our sponsors, of course, Vivid Seeds. Make sure you check them out. Download that app. Use the promo code INFLUENCE. Get 10% off of your first purchase with Vivid Seeds. Thanks also to our other sponsors, Oval, Elrod, and Burrill. Let them turn your record to a check at recordtoacheck.com. Be sure to download this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe. That way you can keep up with it every week and share it on social media. Let's keep getting people involved. The more and more, the merrier, of course. And uh, until next week, when we dive back into, uh, you know, looking into the UFC Brazil card, we'll have more special guests. But next week, we're going to talk to Tyler Mealy Mitten, the Mealy Ways. Uh, he is a top world-class nutritionist with two stars. We're going to talk to him next week. Uh, we've got Corey Browning on the line next week. He'll be making his uh, Bellator debut coming up uh, here in October against Baby Sly, so we'll check in with him. Uh, that and much, much more. Till then, I'm Tim Boy signing out. Thanks so much to my partners as well, Justin Watson, Mark Laws. This is Power Hour, episode 80. See y'all next week. Bang, bang. For more information on upcoming events, visit ValorFights.com or find them at ValorFights on both Facebook and Twitter. This has been the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. As you get deeper into the season, and we're three weeks into the college season, only two weeks into the NFL season, you start to get a little bit of a feel for teams. And and I'm going to first go to the college game where it's really more evident. You start to get a true feel for what teams are and, uh, and maybe what they're not. But you know what's really funny, really amazing, is how the impact of the off-season talks affect the narrative of fans and how everybody goes from one extreme to the other. This team's going to be awful. They're going to be 7-5. and There's no way they're – and then now you win a game that you maybe don't expect them to, and everybody thinks, hey, they might be a contender for the national playoffs. Folks, if you think that way, if you're that back and forth, you're not doing your homework, you really don't know what you're looking at. So I love trying to get down and deep into this and tell you what truly goes on. Because as we always say, the results are just that. They're the results. They're the results of a lot of things. But people don't know how to interpret the results. You won, that's great. You lost, that's bad. But the world is coming to an end if you lose. Your coach can't coach. The program's in shambles. If you win, hey, this guy's the greatest guy ever. And then in three weeks, you're going to flip and have the, the reverse opinion than you did before. It, it's, it's really comical, and I don't know. I guess I'm constantly surprised on this end of it. Growing up in the coaching profession, in the scouting profession, we certainly do a lot more work and there's a level of, you know, being thorough that doesn't exist with fans. And that's okay. You're not supposed to be thorough. You're a fan. You've got family, you've got work, 
football's an enjoyment, but I'm amazed, and I say this with all love, that there's that much ignorance of football and how it works. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.